You are listening to the Lakeview Podcast from Lakeview Baptist Church in Lacey Lakeview, Texas. Worship with us on Sundays at 1045 at 125 North Bermuda Avenue in Waco, Texas, or find us on the web at facebook.com slash lbc.laceylakeview. So we were all standing there, the whole town basically, I had my son on my shoulder and my wife was pushing our youngest through the cracks in the crowd up to the front so she could see. It was a cold morning, if I can remember correctly. It's been a while, but no one really seemed to mind the cold. All of us had heard so much for so long about this teacher, miracle worker, prophet, whatever you want to call him, that there was not a soul in Jericho that did not at least want to see this guy when we could see the dust rising on the horizon as him and his little group came towards the city, everybody started shouting and screaming. Some people even started climbing in the trees just so they could get a better view. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why we would be so excited and all stop our working weeks and go out on the streets just to see this guy walking through our town. But you have to understand, my times, those were very different times than your times. They were terrible times, but they were exciting times too. The people were divided, but they were hopeful, and they were also pretty worried. You see, in our time, there was poverty and crime. In our nation, there was corruption and violence. Up in the capital of our nation, I don't know if you've ever been there or heard of it, Jerusalem, We had these crooked kings and priests who had been leading our country nowhere for as long as we could remember it. They had lied to us, they had used our religion against us, and all the while they had all gotten rich off of it. And for nearly a hundred years in our country, those blasted pagan Romans had been running the show in the background, hand-picking those wicked kings and priests in back rooms, gouging us with taxes, threatening us with crucifixion if we try to do anything about it. Everybody that I knew had been fretting and praying and ranting about all of it since I was a kid. Now, we were God's people. We knew, of course, that God eventually had to do something about all of it. And as I looked around that morning at the faces that were pressing in around me, I could see over here my dear old rabbi and his family, and over here all the good men from the synagogue who had discussed the good book with me for so many hours. We believed. We knew that God would soon or later deliver the righteous from the wicked. He just had to. Things were too bad for God not to act, and He had promised us as much. When we heard the kind of things this new leader, Jesus, was doing and saying, we were more than ready to believe this was it. He had been saying that God's kingdom was coming. That the year of Jubilee was here. He he implied, he had these crazy stories, but it sounded like our our slavery and our poverty were going to be over and God was going to win. Now, we knew there had been leaders before who had said they were God's Messiah, 
claiming to be saviors and kings only to end up dead on a pole after some failed revolution or campaign. But this Jesus didn't just talk about these things. He had healed the sick, given the blind sight. Some said He could even raise the dead. And now this would-be Messiah was coming to our town on the way to the capital city. So we're standing there ready to cheer on the one who is going to make the nation great again. Who is going to make us stronger together. The one who could move us forward. The one who could fix it all. The one who could be the change we could believe in. Our Messiah. But as Jesus and His followers came through the gates of our city... I felt this little hand pushing against my side as if someone was trying to weasel their way up to the front past all of us good people who'd been waiting there all morning. And before I looked down and met his beady little eyes, I had already guessed who it was. The filthy rich chief tax collector Zacchaeus. Now of course, a man like Zacchaeus wouldn't normally dare come around us in our poor neighborhood, unless he had some Roman scam to pull. Maybe you've never met a guy like Zacchaeus, but you might be familiar with his kind. He was too foolish or lazy to get a respectable job and somehow stumbled into this government-appointed tax-collecting gig. And he had used his position, as those kind of people so often do, to make themselves rich by collecting a little extra And he impressed those corrupt Romans enough they had made him a manager over the other tax crooks in our area. He got rich while we thank the Lord every year we didn't starve. Why he even wanted to see Jesus was beyond me. He didn't know or care the first thing about God or His law and we certainly wouldn't let such a vile sinner into the synagogue had he wanted to. If anything, I remember thinking to myself, he's just the kind of person Jesus is going to finally get rid of. An unredeemable, deplorable, who could never be a child of God. The kind of person who just needs to be locked up. My righteous neighbors and I exchanged a knowing glance and shook our heads as we pushed in on one another so this sinner couldn't break in on our Messiah's parade. When Jesus finally came through, he passed by nodding politely at the crowd, but he seemed to carry a kind of reserve, as if he was too preoccupied with where he was going and what he was doing to be celebrating like his followers were behind him. But as he passed us just down the road, we saw his eyes light up, and he stopped at the foot of the old sycamore tree by the market. And we followed his gaze up into the branches And wouldn't you know it, that wee little wicked man, Zacchaeus, had climbed up in the tree. I guess to be able to see over all us righteous folk, he had weaseled his way up there. And Jesus looked right at him and said, Zacchaeus, I guess he had heard of this infamous sinner, and he asked him to get down immediately. Now you have to know, all of us that there that morning were expecting Jesus to let this guy have it. Everybody quieted down, hoping to hear Jesus just roast this guy. We had heard Jesus was no big fan of rich people to begin with. He had just said a few weeks ago, we heard, it's easier for a camel to walk through a needle's eye than for a rich man to get into God's kingdom. 
And Zacchaeus wasn't just rich. He had gotten rich through abuse and corruption. But then Jesus did the unthinkable. When Zacchaeus got down the tree, he, he told him, I need to come to your house today. You could just feel the cringe pass through the crowd. I heard my sweet old preacher whisper something unrepeatable under his breath. We watched in horror as Zacchaeus led Jesus practically skipping in front of him up to his fancy house and closed the door behind him with this dirty grin on his face. There Jesus was, taking his tea inside the house of the worst man in our town, where not a single one of us would go even if we were invited. And it almost sounded like Jesus had invited himself to the house of this wicked man. That he wanted to, no, like he planned to eat with him. We had heard from those uppity Pharisees, of course, that Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors, but to see it with our own eyes... Not at the parsonage. Not with one of the good families who had lined up to see him that day. Not among the people that most deserved him. But there and with him. With all of us locked on the outside. He has gone into the house of a man who is a sinner, people shouted in disbelief. We raided around for a few minutes, not knowing what to say or what to do, and then went about our ways. I sent the family home and I headed out to the field feeling like I had wasted my Sunday morning on another confused would-be Messiah. See, our Messiah couldn't be the kind of person who would welcome those kinds of people. And our Messiah surely wouldn't be welcomed in by those kind of people. There I was, sweating out another year in the field, following the righteous path, awaiting God's Messiah with God's people, while Jesus and Zacchaeus sat and talked about God knows what. How could a sinner like Zacchaeus, a filthy rich abuser of the poor and vulnerable, another powerful crook who gets ahead on lying and corruption, an outsider who doesn't belong to us or God, deserve to have Jesus over at his house? Or even to have Jesus stop and notice him? As I trudged back into town that evening and the sun went down, I, I saw Jesus step out of Zacchaeus' house and he embraced him before he got out on his way to Jerusalem. And that night I tossed and turned for hours, just trying to make sense of all of the things I'd heard about Jesus that were so good in this unforgivable thing I had seen today. I decided eventually that I was wrong about one of two things. Either this Jesus couldn't be who I thought he was, or Zacchaeus couldn't be the kind of man that I knew him to be. And at that time, you have to know, I couldn't possibly bring myself to change my mind about old Zacchaeus. As it turned out, I was wrong about both. The news reached our town just a few weeks later that they had executed Jesus up in Jerusalem, crucified between two thieves, Supposedly, he had even told one of them that they would join him in paradise. At first, of course, we all felt vindicated, though we had to admit a little disappointed too. Another fake, we thought. Another confused heretic who showed he had nothing to do with God by the company that he kept and the sorry way he ended up. 
Our Messiah couldn't end up on a cross, defeated by his enemies, dying with the kinds of deplorable criminals he ought to be getting rid of himself. So much for whoever we thought Jesus was. And and then maybe it was the same week, I think, who came knocking at my door one morning, but we little wicked Zacchaeus. I sighed and went to grab my last few denarii I had stored under the bed, but when I turned around and saw Zacchaeus shaking his head with this goofy smile stretched from ear to ear, he had in his hands what looked like more coins than I had ever held in my life. And instead of those ridiculous purple robes and jewelry he used to wear, he had on a cheap tunic and a dirty coat. Before I could ask him if this was some nasty joke, the money was on the table, and Zacchaeus had taken a book out of his pocket and was scratching my name off, and there was a set of numbers next to it. Without me even asking, he started saying, I told the Lord I would give my possessions, half of them, to the poor that I give back four times whatever I had taken from those I had swindled. And Zacchaeus continued, You see, Jesus told me that today salvation has come to my house. And He called me a son of Abraham. I was so taken aback, I, I couldn't even think of a reply before Zacchaeus was out the door and down the street knocking on another house. And then another. And another. Days went by, I think. I kept waiting for Zacchaeus to come back for the small treasure he had left on the table. We wouldn't dare spend it. Or that I would just wake up from this crazy dream I was having. But instead the whole town started swirling with these stories just like mine about this similarly filthy rich, formerly filthy rich tax collector. Later that month, some wealthy men rode down from Jerusalem and carried off the elaborate furniture in Zacchaeus' house, and soon we heard one of the Roman commanders had moved in. It was said that Zacchaeus had gotten a job herding sheep in the next town over. And what was more, he had joined a group of men who said they were followers of this deceased Messiah who had caused such a stir in our town. Except that these strange men claimed that Jesus wasn't dead at all. That He'd been raised from the dead and and that He really was God's Messiah. One time I was walking up to Jerusalem for the festival and I ran into old Zach and he started going on and on about this Jesus who he said came to seek and save the lost. At this time I figured that Zacchaeus was not only one of the lost but that he had now lost his mind. But the more I think about it, And believe me, I've had a long time to think about it. Maybe I wasn't just wrong about who I thought our Messiah was, who I thought Zacchaeus was, or who he could be. Maybe I was also wrong about who I am, about who we were. You see, I was so filled with fear and hate for people like Zacchaeus, people I thought of as my enemies, people outside of God's reach that... I missed out on the surprising man who really was the Messiah, who came precisely for the lost, the man for whom every person could be a brother or sister, who considered every person a potential child of God, who went to a cross to prove it. 
I was so convinced that people like Zacchaeus couldn't belong to us, couldn't be a part of God's people, had to be my enemy and God's, that when Jesus welcomed him in as a brother in God's family, I ended up putting myself and mine on the very outside of the, very, of the family of God that I was trying to protect. Something incredible happened to Zacchaeus. We all saw it, even if we didn't understand it. So what I mean is, maybe I wasn't one of the righteous people who deserve to be at the front of God's parade while the other folks can just climb trees to get a glimpse on our party. Maybe I was one of the lost ones who Jesus came to seek and save, and maybe we all are. Maybe the Savior of our nation and our world isn't the one we want or one of these sorry choices that we have to choose from. Maybe He's another kind of Savior and Messiah altogether for all of us, even the ones we would refuse. And if that other Messiah, the real one, can welcome a man like Zacchaeus, and if even a man like Zacchaeus can be changed by him, maybe the crazy things that he and those Christians say about him aren't so crazy after all. Maybe salvation can come to this house too. Maybe it already has. Let's pray together.